You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. I am starting a new series today that I'm really excited about. Uh, you know, at LWC, our, our mission uh, is for us to connect to God, and uh, we do that through Christ. Jesus said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so we understand the importance of connecting to Christ, and with Christ, we can do the things that we can't outside of him. And then the second part of our mission is for us to grow. Uh, God wants us to grow in our faith, to grow in our likeness to, to Jesus, to become more like him. Every year, we should look a little bit different. Amen? Not maybe in our facial or our body features, even though we do, but in, our, in the way that we act, the way our character, our life uh, experiences are changing because we grow in Christ. And then from that, the third part of our model is that we uh, want to serve. Jesus said, I didn't come to the earth to be served, but I came to serve. And uh, he made us those kinds of people. We are disciples of him, and so we serve others. And when we serve, it changes us on the inside. We become better when we serve others. And so we take that very seriously at Living Word. And then the, the, the fourth part of our, of our model is that we want to reach others who need God in their lives. And do you know anyone in your life who might need God? Uh, I know I do. There's people that God has placed in my life, and, and they need the love of Christ. They need a, a, a heart change and a life change. And, and so we want to reach people who need the Lord. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about for the next three weeks. Uh, for the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about each one, reach one. And not for us to try to go out and reach all the masses or reach a multitude of people, but for us to reach that one person that God has placed in our life in this season, that person that does not know Jesus. Uh, the Apostle Paul, he said something that really stands out to me to the Roman church. He wrote this to the church in Rome, and he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel uh, because it is the power of God that leads people into salvation. And when we grab a hold of the fact, he said, he says I'm not ashamed of the gospel, uh, of this message of Jesus because it's the power of God that brings salvation uh, to, to everyone who will believe. It doesn't matter where they're from or what their background is. Uh, the, the, the reality is that this message that we have uh, is so powerful that it can save them for eternity with, with God uh, instead of eternity uh, apart from God. <clears throat> and when I think about how, how great that is, uh, it, it really urges me to want to share, but, but I also, uh, I really contemplated it retrospect as I, as I prepared for this message, and the reason for that is because the verbiage that Paul used. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Now, let's look at the life of Paul. There was a time in Paul's life where he was not only ashamed, he was an enemy of the gospel. He was trying to destroy the, the people of the way, the people that followed Jesus, he was trying to destroy them. So he was in opposition to the gospel. But something radically happened to Paul when he met Jesus Christ. And something radically happens to us when we meet Jesus Christ. 
And, and, and so Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed to share it because it saves people. But then we have to look at ourselves. And we have to look at the reality of ourselves. I think a lot of times uh, people are ashamed of the gospel or to share the gospel with others. Or maybe people are just shy. You may be in here and you may be shy uh, to, to share your faith. Uh, maybe you're intimidated or maybe you don't know how, how to share your faith with others. And this series is, is designed to show and to teach all of us how to share our faith with others. How do we trust God in sharing our faith? How do we have confidence in the Holy Spirit to empower us uh, to reach our circle of influence for Jesus Christ? And, and how we don't have to focus on a multitude of people, but if we focus on each one reaching one person, we, we double the impact of Christ in our, in, our, in our life. We double the love of Christ in our circle of influence. We double the salvations of those that need Jesus Christ. How many of you are, uh, would say that God is worthy to be shared? You, you didn't have to raise your hand, but praise God for you that did. Let me ask you another question. In your conversations yesterday, I don't know who you talked to yesterday, but in your conversations yesterday, and this is a you and God uh, uh, you know, answer, uh, how many times did you share the love of Jesus with someone? How many times did you actually share Jesus Christ and his, his offer of salvation with someone? How about last week? In all the conversations that you had, in, in, in those people that God has placed in your life, not preaching to a multitude of people, but just in, in that day-to-day -day conversations that you had, how many times in that conversation did you share Jesus Christ? Or maybe in the last month, you know, how many times did you share Jesus with someone? Or you can go on and on in the last year. You know, has sharing Christ been a part of your conversations? Because if, if, if it's something that is that valuable that, G, that uh, Paul would say, I am not ashamed of this message. I'm not ashamed of this good news, this person that conquered death um, because it is the power to save people. Why is it that we have a tr uh, trouble sharing that with others. And so I want us to go to a text in, in Scripture where, where, where Jesus is giving a commission. He's giving a directive. He's giving us a, a, a way that we are supposed to uh, live out our lives, how we should look at people and how we should be wanting to reach people. Uh, and, and it's going to help us. It's going to be the foundation of our series, okay? It's going to be the foundation of how you're going to go out this week, how you're going to go out today, and, and, and really think about what God wants you to do when you have conversations with people. But I want to pray so that the Lord will give me clarity, that he'll give me direction, and so that I'll speak things that will honor him. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you this morning in this second service, and we ask your blessing upon everything that is said, 
Lord God, I, I pray that you will use me as your vessel, Lord, to honor you with, with uh, your word and my words, Lord. Uh, I pray that, that you'll open up hearts, you'll open up minds, Lord, you'll open up the understanding of everyone that's here and, and, and speak to a place in their life, Lord, that, that they will be able to tangibly uh, uh, use this message into reaching the people that you've placed in their life. I pray for all those that you've placed in our, in our life this season of, of, of where we're at. And I just ask that you will just prepare them uh, for your message and give us a confidence to be able to share uh, the greatest news that there is. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. So Jesus has just uh, you know, died, went to the cross. He, he rose on the third day. And then he tells the disciples to meet him on a, on a top of a mountain. And he goes and he says these words to them. And I think they're very important because they speak to us today. In, in Matthew 28, verse 18, he says uh, that Jesus came to them. He came to his disciples and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. How much authority? All authority has been given uh, in heaven and on earth to Jesus. Therefore... Go and make disciples of all the nations. So when we have extended a campus to Kearney, and now we have you know, almost 100 people that are going there every Sunday at 5 p.m., we're really following the mandate of Christ. Amen? People that are, that are finding Christ for the first time because he said, Go and make disciples of all nations. And then he says, Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. So from this text is a directive, it's a, it's a mandate, it's a commission for us to, to, to begin to go into this place that God is leading us to do. So each one, here's my points, each one, reach one, is possible, but we must go. We must go. Have you ever noticed that nothing happens without us taking a step forward? Nothing happens in our life without us taking a step in a direction. And goal is very important. Uh, it's such an important word to God. Uh, Dr. Orvis last week uh, shared a message with us, and he said, go fishing. He said, Jesus taught his disciples that when you're going to catch fish, and, and think about the, the whole context, uh, when Jesus asked Peter to take him into the deep part of the water, he said, go out into the deep where the fish are, that he would be able to catch fish. And Peter had doubt. He said, we fished all night, and we haven't caught any fish. And yet Jesus said, I want you to go. And when he went, he caught fish, and he said, this is what you're going to do, but you're going to catch men and bring them into the fold and the net of the Lord. So going is vital for us. And, and when I read this passage where he says, go into uh, all the nations, there's something that's very, very important. There's an urgency that, that, that comes with that, with that call, with that commission. There's an urgency and there's a direction that comes with that word. An urgency when you understand that, uh, that Jesus has come and he's come into your life. I'm, I'm talking from my perspective. He's come into my life and he, he's given me a peace that I've never had. 
I had a conversation just uh, two days ago, and, and in that conversation with this individual that was not a believer or a follower of Jesus, and he was talking about all his circumstances, all his problems, and some very, very big problems in his life, what I said to him is that God has given me a peace that surpasses all understanding. He's given me a peace that I would not sell for all the money in the world. People could offer me a million dollars and I would not give them the peace that God has given me through Jesus Christ. And, and, and so there's, a, there's this urgency that, that when I think about people, my neighbors, my, my, my friends, my family, my coworkers, when I think about them not experiencing this peace and I have the ability to offer this peace, there's an urgency that comes, this will make you better. Someone once said that if you had the cure for cancer, would you keep it to yourself? Or those people that are very close to you or unloved ones, would you go and would you offer this pill or offer this uh, whatever it is that is going to offer the healing of, of cancer? My mom died from uh, liver disease and, and she had cirrhosis of the liver because of lupus and different uh, circumstances in her life. And, and as her liver deteriorate, deteriorated, uh, her condition uh, worsened. And, and if I would have had a, a pill that would have fixed her liver I would not have uh, kept it from her. I would have given it to her with urgency. And I think about that with, with people that are dying uh, eternally. And they've got, they're, they're like the walking dead. And I was one of those walking dead before I came to Christ. And someone offered Jesus to me. And there was an urgency for me to find him. And when I found Jesus, he completely changed my life. And so there's this urgency. And there's this direction that comes with the Lord. But I think the, the, the greatest element of this commission that God has given us is that when he leads us to other people, he leads us with the authority of God. Jesus said, all authority has been given in heaven and on earth to him. And he sends us in his name to whatever person he's placed in our life. And when we go to that person, we don't go with the authority of Living Word Chapel. We don't go with the authority of Fry's. We don't go with the authority of Walmart. We don't go with the authority of some human institution. We go with the authority of God Almighty to bring the greatest news that there could ever be brought and when we go with that authority, we can understand that, 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 that God is going to change their life because he is the ruler and sustainer of this whole cosmos. Everything is made by Jesus and made for Jesus, and he holds everything together. And we get to share him with others. And I don't want you to think about the masses in your life. A lot of people. If you got Facebook, if you got Instagram, you got Twitter, you know, you have masses. You have, you know, on, on Facebook, you have 800 friends. You have 300 friends. But there's one person that's in your life all the time that God has placed. And that one person, if he, does, he or she doesn't know Jesus, 
you are the lifeline to that individual. So I don't want you to think about, I got to go to all these people. I want you to think about the one. And I want you to think in practical terms. In our Berean uh, uh, study group, uh, we have a, a, a study group that's uh, college preparatory, uh, a Bible college, and, and we're doing a, a study on evangelism. And how do we share the, the, the Lord with people? Um, and in that class, we were, we were going through one of the lessons, and the Lord kind of gave me a practical illustration. And I thought about sales just in the world, you know, if you're, if you're selling something uh, and you have a product that you're, that you're going to try to sell to another individual, uh, the people that really do well in sales, there's three things that they do well. And the Lord showed me that. That is, that is very, very, very simple. First of all, you've got to know the product. You've got to know what you're talking about. And so most people that, that, that know what they're, what they're trying to sell, uh, they do really well in explaining it. You know, I, I have this, uh, I have this, you know, MacBook. And uh, I, I came over from the dark side of, of PCs to uh, the light of Macs. I'm just kidding, you know, but, or am I? And, and so... And so you, you know the product, you've used it, and it just does things that you say, man, this is amazing. And, and not only do you know the product, but you trust the product. You trust the product. You've seen it uh, 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 over and over that it, that it, fits, it fits what you're saying. It, 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 it can, uh, the, the test of time, it goes over and over, and, it, and it's, it's true to the test. And then the, the last thing, if you're in sales, the, la- the, the third thing you have to do is you have to share the product and sell the product. You have to take people over the threshold of, of for them, man, I, I, you really know this product. And man, that's, that's amazing how you're telling me about, about how it's worked for you and you've got testimonials of how it's worked for other people. That's wonderful. And you don't have them walk away. You actually say, would you like to have this product for yourself? It can change your life. And so people buy these products. In fact, every year, iPads or, or uh, iPhones or Droids, and they're giving you a new product, and they're saying, this is better than the last one last year, this and that. And, and people go, and they wait, and they stand in line waiting to, for, for the next morning to buy that product. They do, right? People wait uh, you know, at Disneyland when they have a new ride, and they wait hours for them to get into this place. But think about the Savior of mankind. And what he can offer to that person that doesn't know him. And how do we use this model for that? First of all, you have to know the person. And when you know the person of Jesus Christ, you know that he's good all the time. You know that, that, that he's compassionate and that he loves us despite ourselves. See, Jesus loved me when I was still a sinner. And he demonstrated his love in that he died for me before I did anything worthy of dying for. And so I know that he's good, and I know that Jesus is good all of the time. And not only do I know that Jesus is good, I trust that Jesus is good because he is proven to me. For the 25 years that I've walked with Jesus Christ, he's proven his faithfulness every single day. 
When people have left me in my most difficult times, Jesus has stayed right by my side no matter what I have faced. He's tried and he's true. And God the Father continues to pour his love and his grace through Jesus Christ. He continues to fill me with the Holy Spirit. He continues to, uh, uh, to show me that he's trustworthy no matter what I'm facing. And so when I share with people about Jesus Christ, I trust that he's going to show up. I trust that all authority in heaven and on earth is in his name. And when I talk to people, I say, don't put your eyes on me. I'm not your savior Put your eyes on Jesus Christ. He'll save you from this day forward. And not only do I stay with, with trusting him, but I also share him. And when I share him, I tell them, you know what? You can have this peace in your life that I have if you, if you let Jesus come into your life and into your heart. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, I need you today. So, there's one person that's in your life right now that they need for you to share the person of Jesus Christ. They need for you to, to just show them how important Jesus is. The writer of Hebrews said this about trusting, trusting God. He said, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that, I love this, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You see, when you, when you trust Jesus, when you walk with Jesus, he rewards you with everything that is from God. When you share Christ, uh, you understand that if you don't share Christ with, with that person that God has placed in you, what happens in that next hour? What happens in that next day? What happens in that next uh, uh, you know, uh, overnight uh, trip or whatever that's going to happen in their life? What if they don't hear the gospel? And this is what Paul said about that to the, to the church in Rome. He said, there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. What Paul is saying is that all people need God. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how then can they call on the one they have not believed? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? Now let's just pause right there. What did Jesus say to his disciples? And what is he saying toward the church? Go, go. And he says, Paul goes on and says, as, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And see, beloved, what you're taking to that person that doesn't know Jesus is not bad news. It's not telling them how bad they are. It's not telling them how bad their, their, their choices have been. It's telling them how wonderful their Savior is and the one who loves them and that's Jesus Christ. You know, at the, at the bottom of the outline is a prayer. Take out your outline real quick, if you don't mind. And do me a favor and just put your outline in the air. Wave it in the air like if you really do care. Okay. Wonderful. That way I know that you guys start telling me the truth that you have the outline. But at the bottom uh, of, the, of the outline is a prayer. And we put a prayer every, every uh, um, Sunday. 
so that it will help individuals to, to maybe follow up and, and, and pray themselves. But also, it's a prayer that can help you with other people. And there's an individual in, in our church that has come to me at times and said, Pastor, you know that prayer that you put in the outline? I have given that prayer to so many people that are going through difficult times. And I said, pray this prayer. And that prayer can help you to lead someone to Jesus Christ in this prayer of salvation. And so what I want for us to do uh, together right now is I'm going to pray this prayer, and I want for us to pray it just so that we can internalize uh, what God wants to do as we lead someone to Jesus Christ. Just pray with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for making me and loving me. Even when I've ignored you and gone my own way, I realize I need you in my life, and I'm sorry for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please help me to understand it more. As much as I know how, I want to follow you from now on. So please come into my life and make me a new person inside. I accept your gift of salvation. Please help me to grow now as a Christian. Amen. That prayer is, is you can modify it, you can use it how it is, but it's a simple prayer that helps people to take that step over the threshold of not only knowing about God and knowing about Christ and them beginning to trust in Christ, but them actually accepting Christ as their Savior. And I believe with all of my heart that there's one person in your life who needs Jesus. And that one person has a family. And God will use them to impact their family. And that one person has a circle of friends. And God will use that one person to impact their circle of friends. And that one person has co-workers who need to be impacted through the glory of God. And if you impact that one person for Jesus Christ, Jesus will use them to impact those people who are in their lives. So let's just stop real quick. And think about that one person that God has placed in your life. For this season of your life. And more importantly, for their season in your life. Think about that one person that, that you, maybe you've been apprehensive on, on sharing the gospel with. You've been, you've been maybe uh, intimidated on sharing Jesus with that individual. Can I tell you that once you start to share him, once you start to trust Jesus to change their lives, that it is going to double the impact. Because if all of us together are sharing Jesus with someone... We're going to double what God is doing in this place and through this place. Amen? And there is, no, uh, there is no denying that God wants to reach everyone in this world. Not everyone's going to come, but God desires to reach everyone in this world. And Jesus cares about the one. Sometimes we think, oh, I want thousands or I want hundreds. Jesus cares about the one. In Luke 15, he gives three parables. The last parable, we, we hear a lot about it. It's about the prodigal son. It's about the son that took his inheritance and went off into a distant place, and he squandered it. He spent it all on money and women and all the things that we do outside of Christ. But there's also, also two stories, two parables that Jesus talks about. And he's so interested in the one. The first one, he talks about a shepherd that has 100 sheep. And Jesus put it like this. He said, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses how many? One of them. 
Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds that one, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and he says, rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who don't need to repent. Here's the deal. There's one lost sheep in your circle of influence. And they need your help to come to God. The other story that he says, the other parable is there's 10 coins. And this woman has these 10 coins. And I love how he says this story because he says, you've got to turn on the light. And there's people in our life that they need the light turned on. And who, who's the light in our life? Jesus. And he goes and he says, a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one, doesn't she light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together and, and she says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you that there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels and of God over one sinner who repents. And I want you to know something that is so important and so true. That any time... That the church stops reaching the one, those one persons in our life who need the love of God. Anytime that we stop reaching the one, we will stop rejoicing and celebrating. And God says, reach that one person so that we can have a party in heaven. And so that you can have a cumbia on earth. So reality is that we all are called to reach people that God has placed in our life. And in your outline, there is a, a place with fill in the blanks. And I want you to just look at that with me right now. I want you to think about that one person that God has placed. After first service, I had people come to me saying, Pastor, as soon as you said that, there were people that God uh, said, write them down. But I want you to think about the one person and say, it says here, God, thank you for placing who's that one person in your life. It could be Susie. It could be Jan. It could be Steve. It could be, uh, you know, John. Uh, if you're from across the tracks, it could be Juan. It could be Timoteo. Whoever it is, thank you for placing him or her in my life. I commit myself today to pray for for this person daily and trust for you to help me show put the same person down right there because you're going to this exercise is for every day to show me uh, to help me show this person the way to Jesus and to his church and every day I want you to look and read this out loud so you can hear it and God hears it and every angel and every uh, even the demons hear you declare that you are going purposefully to reach that person for the glory of God. I had a busy week this past week. I made an overnight trip to uh, uh, New Mexico. And a person that I've been praying for for 25 years gave me a call. And they were, he was in trouble. They were in trouble. Him and his family. This person's done very well in his life as far as material 
uh, possessions, and he's got a very, very good job. And he had gone through a very, very difficult year. A family member that was very close to him about six months ago took his life in suicide. And then things began to escalate from there. His job pressures became very, very, very huge. And the burden of his job uh, became big. His, his kids uh, began to have marital problems and all these things. Well, all these things began to escalate and get bigger and bigger. He began to isolate himself from his wife. And, and in his job, the pressures became, the demand became greater. And he just took everything in himself. And in this, he began to make choices that were uncharacteristic of him. Now, this person is not a, not a Jesus follower. And so his whole life was about him being able to take care of everything himself. And he came to the place in this season of his life when everything was too big even for him. And so we had a sit down, him and I, his wife and my wife, on Friday night and we stayed up till 12 midnight, almost one in the morning talking about who's the one that carries our burdens and that's Jesus Christ. And 12 midnight is very late for Pastor James. We went, we went to the room that night, my wife and I, the next morning we got up and we went and had breakfast with him. His wife said, I'm going to leave you guys alone. We're gonna, me and Sean are going to go for a ride. And I sat with him and I said, I want you to talk to me. It's just you and I. Talk to me about what's going on. And he began to share about the things that he said, I, I, I deserve hell. The things that I've done in my life deserve for me not to even, if there is a God, to go to heaven. And I said, well, let me tell you about the Savior that I know, that there's nothing too big that you've done or anyone can do that he can't save you from. And as I shared that with him, he began to share his story with me and tell me about some of the things that he'd done. And he said, you know, I didn't even care. When I did those things... I didn't care about it. I, had, I didn't have no, uh, no conscience. No, con, no, I didn't feel bad about it. He said, but now in the last couple weeks, I can't sleep. I'm thinking about these situations, what I've done. And I told him, the reason for that is because God is calling you. And God wants to take that from you. I said, you were not meant to be on the throne of your life where everybody has you. That place belongs to Jesus Christ. And he said, I want Jesus in my life. And he gave his life to Jesus. And we had a Damascus experience. It's one of the, it's, it's one of the first times that I've actually seen the presence of God come down in such an incredible way. And as he was bawling in tears and praying the sinner's prayer, praying that prayer to receive Jesus Christ, I, it was like, like burdens were coming off of him. His whole countenance was different. When his wife and Shauna walked in from, from that trip, they walked in and they saw him and they said, what in the world happened? Jesus Christ happened. Let me tell you something, beloved. There is people in your life right now that you think they're too far gone and God can't save them. That is limiting the power of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ wants you to know, beloved, that each one of us, we can reach one. And it's possible through the power of the almighty God. Amen? And the second thing, it's possible, but we must make. We go 
and we share the good news, but we have to make them disciples. Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. There should be no places that limit us from going with the good news of Jesus. The reason you're praying for God to help you to show that person that you wrote on your, on your, on your outline the way to Jesus and to his church is because our commission is more than leading someone to pray the sinner's prayer. As we led this individual to, to pray that prayer, there's a lot more to that than just praying a prayer. That's a great start, but there's so much more to the Christian experience. The prayer comes with a newness of life. It comes with a renewed commitment to the purposes of God. It comes with God pouring uh, his spirit into, into their lives, into our lives. It comes with God's people pouring their lives into other people. I said I had a busy week. I, I spent some time with a, another individual that had came down from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. He stayed with Shauna and I. I hadn't seen him in 20 years, maybe 25 years. And this individual had, uh, had, had, had been, uh, we grew up together. He's a relative of mine. Uh, grew up in Las Vegas. Uh, he, got, uh, uh, he got caught up in addiction, uh, addicted to cocaine. He was addicted to, uh, to steroids, uh, to just trying to, to find his identity and everything else but who he was. And he's been, he's been uh, clean, uh, addict, he's been uh, 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 clean for the past 27 years, I think, is what he told me. But he sat with us, and we went to La Casita. Don't go to La Casita today. Go to get a burrito at the LWC. Go next week. But we went to La Casita, and as we sat there at La Casita, he was sharing his story, and he began to share with me. Um, and, Petey, I know you're listening to this on the podcast, and you're going to hear this, bro. And, and, and he shared with me about, about his, his growing up and, and, and some of the things that happened in his family. And, and, and they, they were so similar uh, to the things that happen in my family and, and all the, uh, you know, what, what we, we believe is normal, but it's brokenness. You see, it's not, it, some people think that normal is, is, is chaos, but normal is what God brings into our life when he brings order and structure and peace, and you don't solve everything through, through drugs, and you don't solve everything through, through drunkenness, and you don't solve everything through adultery. And all these things that the world brings. And those are the people that are all around us, right? The people that are all around us, they're, they're, they're having affairs and, and, and there's broken homes and, and there's, there's, there's divorce. And then there's, there's the, the, the people around us, they're, they're, they're addicted to drugs or they're addicted to, to, to alcohol and, and, and they're broken. And so as, as, as my, my, my cousin was, was telling me the story and, and he said, I thought this was normal until I came to the place to find out that it isn't. And I found Jesus. And when I found Jesus Christ, he completely rechanged the way that I thought, the way that my heart was. And, and he brought things into my life like peace and, and, and patience. And I used to fight for everything. And I used to get angry about everything. And, and, and it, it, he said, I, I could not sustain that. And Jesus completely changed my life. So you may be in here today and you may be uh, struggling with a substance uh, addiction and I want you to know that Jesus Christ can set you free. But here's the thing that he said that was kind of a, a, a game changer. He said this. He said, in those 28 years that I've been clean, as I've been working out my, my, uh, my, my, uh, this, this way of new life, the clean life, 
I've given myself into helping others. I give my life to others for their good, and it makes me better. Now, think about what Jesus said. Now, this, this is what he said. Jesus said something that is vital. He says, you need to make disciples. You see, when we make disciples, we have to come out of ourselves and pour into the lives of someone else. And when you pour your life into someone else, it makes you better. But when you live your life in your own self, in your own problems, in your own situations, in your own circumstances, it drives you nuts. And it drives everybody else nuts. Amen? He said, go and make disciples. The more you pour Jesus into people, the more God pours Jesus into you. God wants us to make disciples. Some of you, some of you have, have been coming to church for a, a, a longer time. Some of you have been coming for a shorter time. But let me tell you something. If you've been coming to church for a longer time and you're not pouring into someone else, you become stale. You become critical. But the more that you give of your life into someone else's life, the more you see the hand of God moving, not only in you, but through you. And it changes the way that we think. See, the goal of a Christian is not for someone to give uh, their life and pray a sinner's prayer. The goal of every Christian is for you to bring life change into the life of someone for the rest of their lives. I love what Randy Hurst uh, said. He said, the goal of evangelism, and that's sharing Christ, the goal of evangelism is more than a salvation decision. It's a change in a lifestyle. A life following Christ in obedience to his teachings and his commands. And we don't do this to keep our salvation. We do this because of our salvation. If you've received Jesus, if you've accepted him and you prayed for Jesus to come into your life, you're saved. You're saved for eternity. But God wants more than for you to just be saved and go back to your old life. God wants for you to have a new life and to bring this new life into other people's dead existence and their dead circumstances. But have you noticed that it comes with a price? Because you have to give your life for others. You've got to be selfless instead of selfish. But that's who Jesus has called you to be. There, there's, there's someone in here that, that there's, there's been an individual in your life and they've been there for a long time and you know that God is leading you or asking you and urging you to bring that person to, to Jesus and you've been apprehensive. Can I tell you that God wants to empower you not only to bring them to Christ but to show them what Christ can do in their lives through your own life. That's what God does. That invite that's on your, on your seat to invite people on Easter, I believe already that there's going to be many people that are going to come Easter Sunday, not only at this campus, but at the Kearney campus. And I believe that many people are going to come to Jesus. I, I know that because God is that big. My prayer 
is that not only will they come on Easter, but they'll stay here or they'll stay in some local church and they'll be grown up in Christ and will impact our world who needs the love of God and bring a lot of people to Jesus Christ together, right? Here's the third point. Each one reach one is possible, but we must baptize. We go, we make disciples, and then the Bible says we baptize. Jesus said that, right? He's our example. Jesus came to John the Baptist at the, at the River Jordan, and he got baptized by John. And, and John the Baptist said, I'm not even worthy to untie your sandals. What do you mean you want me to baptize you? And Jesus said to him, do this to fulfill all righteousness, sake, because Jesus identified himself with sinful man. He made himself like us, and he showed us the way that we get saved, right? And so then he says to the disciples, he says, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Every believer in the New Testament was baptized by immersion, except for one. And that one that was saved was saved at Calvary, and he was on one side of Jesus. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come in your glory and in your kingdom. I believe that you are who you say you are. And Jesus looked at him and he said, I tell you today that you will be with me in paradise. So baptism doesn't save you, but it tells everybody that you're saved. It's an inward expression. It's an outward expression of what you've done inwardly in your heart. And Paul wrote to the Romans again. He said, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too might live a new life. When you go into the water, you go into the death. of It symbolizes you're going into the death of Christ. You're going with Christ. And when you come out of the water, you're being raised into this new life and it shows the whole world that you're a follower of Jesus. And here's the thing that's so important. You're not baptized into a church. You're not baptized into Living Word Chapel. You're not baptized into the Baptist church down the road. You're baptized into the newness of Jesus Christ. We have many people that have already signed up for the baptisms that we're having the week after Easter. And if you're here today and you have not been water baptized by immersion, I invite you to take that next step and let God be glorified in what you're doing. And maybe you're in here today in your small group, you, you have someone that you know they need to be baptized, you can say, hey, I want to celebrate your baptism. Let's do it together. I want to be there, and I want to help you in that step. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning, Lord. Thank you for how good you are. I just pray over every person here, Lord. I just pray for your holiness to fill their hearts and their minds. Lord, I just pray for a confidence, a confidence to just be uh, given to each individual by the power of the Holy Spirit that, that that one person that you've placed in their life, that they will be confident to share the good news, that they'll be confident to, to share the love of Christ, that they'll be confident to take them 
through the threshold of faith and say, do you want to pray a prayer with me? Do you want to receive the greatest gift that you could receive? And that's Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. I pray, Lord God, for the people that you've placed in our life. I pray even right now that you will prepare their, their, their hearts and their minds for this week. I, I just believe that, that there are people that are going to come to faith this week. That there's going to be lives transformed this week, Lord. I believe that each one reaching one will double the impact of, of, of your glory. That will double the love that you provide, Lord, as we take your love out to other people. That will double what you want to do in and through each individual, but especially what you want to do through the local church. We pray, Father, that empty seats will be filled because we will be inviting people to, to your house and that people will feel your love and they'll, and they'll feel your impact, Lord God. I pray that, that uh, chains of addiction will fall off this week, that, that we'll see great breakthroughs, Lord, that, that uh, people that are sick, that, that, Lord, only in the name of Christ, we, we believe that they will be restored and healed, Lord. Let us go out with confidence and know that we can pray for others and with the, the same Holy Spirit that is in a pastor is in every individual that believes in Jesus and that we'll pray with the confidence of Christ and we'll see people touched. I pray for those with, with uh, uh, mental illness, Lord God, those that are struggling, that, that, that Lord, through your word, Father, through, your, through the confidence of your people, that we'll see change and healing. We pray, Lord God, that you'll use us to make Jesus famous. And the glory doesn't belong to us. It belongs to you. So fill us, Lord God, as we lift up our voice and we lift up our hands. We say right now, fill us. Fill us with the love of Christ. Fill us with the empowerment that we need to not be ashamed of the gospel. To know that it is the power of God that leads all people to salvation. Whether you are Jew or you're a Greek or any other ethnicity. We pray for great things to happen in Jesus' precious name. And all of God's people said amen. And may, amen. Let's, raise, let's, let's all stand and worship our King. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.